Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. On today's episode of Brazen Education, I would like to talk about you shouldn't hire educators just because they are black. Now, most of you know, I am a black educator. So you're probably wondering why I would even say something like this. But this is Brazen Education and we talk about taboo topics, things that people don't talk about but should be talking about. And this is one of them. Yes, we do need to get more educators of color into the classroom. But I assert that we are going about it the wrong way. It has to be more than just checking a box to say, hey, this school is majority minority and we got X amount of black teachers or Latino teachers in the classroom. Because when you do that, you're just perpetuating potentially the cycle of failure for students. So let me uh, talk a little bit about it. A couple years ago, I wrote an article for NDK 12 um, around expiring educators could not pass the teacher uh, test. When you dive down into the data, the subgroup or the group of educators that are struggling to pass the test typically are educators of color. And as much as I want my children, and I have two sons, to have a teacher that looks like them, what is the point of having a teacher that looks like you that can't teach you and, and does not know the content area? And recently, my fellow NDK 12 writer, Andrew Pillow, actually wrote an article about teachers need to know their content area. So we have to do more than just hire somebody because of their skin color or this assumption that because they're black, they're going to automatically connect to students because that's a whole other issue that I'll address later. But the first um, thing that uh, an administrator should do when they're looking to hire someone besides like looking at their name to see how ethnic they may be is looking at their credentials and seeing if they are the right fit for the school. Yes, that means you need to make some effort to make sure you're catching diverse candidates, such as going, I know here in, in, in Indianapolis for the last, I don't know how long it's been going on, but they have uh, job fairs, education job fairs that target uh, teachers of color. I was a teacher of color that was recruited out of Purdue University. I actually went to a suburb my first year, but they were intentionally looking at people of color. So one way to get a good educator who is of color and is talented is to make sure you are branching out into those areas, just not taking anyone that comes a resume that comes across your desk or comes into your your portal that applies to the position because knowledge is key. And another elephant in the room I'll address part of the reason I believe that some educators of color are having difficulty passing these tests is because they went to a failing school. One of the issues that we have, if you look at data, it says that the majority of kids of color in the United States go to a school that is not serving them well. They're being undereducated. And so you're probably thinking to yourself, so how, how did these people even get into college? Well, I always tell parents, an A at one school is not the same as an A at another school. So you could have two black educators, per se, that go to two different high schools. They both could leave their high school with straight A's, but 
straight A's at one high school doesn't equal straight the same straight A as another high school, so both of them can get into college. The one educator can do well in college and pass the test at the end because they were prepared well at, at a good quality school, while another educator, even though they may have straight A's or even A's and B's and can get into a good college based on those high school transcripts, they struggle and they can't pass the test because they're playing catch up the whole time. They have learning gaps. And I can tell you I have been teaching as an adjunct at two different universities here in Indy. And the one and I typically teach either uh, grad students or um, so those, those teachers are going back to get another certification or they're working on their masters or I teach uh, undergrads who are typically juniors and seniors and the one thing that some of my students get really frustrated with me about is I give them tips about like you really need to go to the writing lab I'm, I'm more than happy to help you and I give I tell all my students because I want them to be successful because they may be a teacher in front of my own children one day so that's why I'm still passionate about it I give them feedback on their signs I say if you want me to give you feedback on your sign before you submit it I'll do that and a lot of times one of the tips I have to give is like you need to proofread like there are people that are, are in school for education who cannot coherently write a paragraph and I'm telling you because I see it I'm like this what what is this you don't have an introductory statement you don't have a conclusion you're not citing sources correctly you're not using quotation marks correctly uh, this is quote heavy so all you did is copy and paste things from the textbook throw some quotes around it and you're not saying nothing you haven't elaborated you haven't explained you haven't uh, dived into the text so and these are the people who are in school to educate our children and some of these people are black people and what I try to do is give them advice about this is what you need to do to better yourself because you cannot, you should not go in front of kids and you in college can't write a paragraph. You in college can't write an essay. You should not be in front of anybody's child. And I'm very honest. So I'll tell you overall, because you get those evaluations from the university, I'm always at or above the university average for my evaluation. But I always get a couple people that write these nasty things. And you know what's so funny? I always, nine times out of ten, know exactly who it is, even though it's anonymous. Because when you look at people's writing all the time, when they submit assignments online, you can identify certain mistakes and errors in certain structures that they write. So when they write little nasty things about you, and, you know, this professor was tough, and she was always, you know, saying this or recommending this or, you know, well... I know who you are because as I told you before you you don't write well and then you wrote me a review and you didn't write well so I still know it's you so I mean it's tough but I really try to help and maybe that weeds someone out of the program and I know that sounds really harsh but I would rather someone come against an a professor like myself or another person and figure out something better for them to do with their life then to get into the teaching profession, not do so well, struggling that whole time, get put on a plan and then get kicked out. And now you got this degree, you got this license and you can't do anything with it. And now you're trying to figure out what can my second career be. So I assert that if we hire people just because they're black who are not talented, they're going to perpetuate this cycle of failure in the schools. And if they're going to uh, schools that are predominantly students of color, those students are not going to learn. And 
you have and you have a secondary situation. You have schools, the, the teaching profession, most of the teachers are white and a lot of schools, the students are not white. And so you have this kind of disconnect be, because some white educators don't do their due diligence in knowing the student culture. So the principal's like, okay, the quick fix, let me, let me get a black person in here, this will fix everything. But it doesn't fix everything. Because I will tell you right now, there are some white students that I connect with on a relationship level way more than I would ever will on, with some black students. Because depending on when students had me over my 13 year career, I was at different places. When some kids hear even what my husband does, they assume I'm living off in some mansion. And my husband's a database administrator for the state of Indiana and it's over the Oracle databases. Uh, probably didn't explain it as eloquently as you would like, but when I say this to students, they're like, oh my gosh, Mr. Barnes is balling. Mrs. Barnes, you must be up. So th they, they make these assumptions about me, not knowing that when I was in first grade, we're living in a house that we're, sh you know, this kind of uh, house where we, I didn't even have hot water some days and we're sharing this house with another family. So, you know, and I share these personal stories to connect more with students, but even when I share that, real talk, that's not my life right now. And many times students, sometimes black students, even though they look like me, they cannot connect with me. So I have to do more than be like, oh, you black, I'm black, we're going to be cool. I have to do more in effort to make a relationship with kids to make that work. Me being black isn't enough. And I even had a principal that asked me one time, well, Shantae, how do you um, connect with uh, white students? And I just thought that was the silliest question because most of the time, except a few white students that, you know, when I start doing my lessons, because throughout my curriculum, I'm, it's uh, people of color. We're doing Asian history. We're doing Native American. We're doing black. We're doing Latino. So I got some white students. I always say, you know, this this stuff is racist. You got some type of agenda. Even though I do Socratic seminars, I do situations where I let them talk and I don't make them think anything. I'm like, you ask the question. You figure out. You come to your own conclusion. I'm just exposing you to this different material. So besides the students that say I have some type of agenda or say that I'm racist or trying to push some type of knowledge into their brain, a lot of the white students I connect with just as well as some of the black students. But some of the black students, they can't connect they can't connect with me or they struggle to connect with me because they can't see what we have in common so I have to dig down and make that effort to make that happen and so when people make the assumption uh, administrators make the assumption if I get a black person into the building that'll solve my discipline problems sometimes it does I'll keep it real I was coaching teachers so I'm in all these classrooms coach teacher for three years and I can tell you that some people of color they had good discipline but they couldn't teach I'm like, when I have to have a conversation about, I'm going to need you to do more than sit down with your students to eat hot Cheetos during the lesson, and I'm not even making this one up, that's a problem. And, and that was another thing, like, students could connect to me, because I don't like talking, and I don't like hot Cheetos. And, you know, the students are like, Mrs. Barb, I'm taking your black card. And for people who are listening that don't know what the black card is, in the black community, there are these individuals who, if they feel that you're doing something that's not black, they ask for your black card. And I actually wrote a whole, a couple years ago on my website, educatorbarns.com, I wrote a blog post called I Am Black Enough. So if you search for it, you can read my whole opinions about the black card. Because my black card has been taken so many times, whatever. But when I'm having these conversations where with teachers about, like, this isn't funny, or, and even though I'm, I uh, was not a math uh, coach, but when I'm hearing things like from the math coach, well, this person's like, you know, I don't know how to teach fractions, but these kids are mining. Uh, what? 
Your job as a teacher is to input academic knowledge into the student's brain to help them think critically. So if you're joking about you as a math teacher, you can't teach fractions and you find it funny, but because you're black and you feel like I got good classroom management and everything's cool, that's not okay because then we're going to have another group of black children going to the system, undereducated, graduate from high school, either we're going to try to become a teacher or be like, screw the school system. I don't want to deal with being a teacher because the school system failed me. And so there's multiple issues that we have to address. We have to address how do we get the right educators in the seat, regardless of color, that have the passion, don't have the belief gap, such as they don't believe that students, no matter their background, can learn. And also, what can we do to help educators who may have had a crappy education? They're pre-service teachers, they had a crappy education, but really want to become teachers. What can we do to come alongside them? Because that's the other question I have in my mind. Because I, I know people, and I, I can think of a couple uh students that I had when I was teaching college that I kind of connected with because I saw their potential. They were struggling. They weren't grasping the concepts as well as I thought they should have, but I saw this passion and I saw this fire. And so I said, hey, these are my suggestions. Here's my personal contact information. Call me anytime. And I'm proud to say that both of these uh, young women are teaching and are doing a great job. And I actually had the opportunity to observe one of them teaching. And so I have to think about I can't just say we can't hire, shouldn't hire uh, people just because they're black. When I know there's some people that decide to become educated because the school system failed them. And so they're trying to go back and become an educator, but they're struggling because the school system failed them. So what can people like I do to come alongside them to help them? And so what I try to do, I just try, uh, try to be a mentor. Uh, about every other week, I check in with people I connected with. They could have been my former students in my classes. They could have been someone I connected with. I do um, with the Indiana Black Expo here. For a couple of years, I've worked with girls who, uh, black girls, who want to become teachers. So I talk to them about what I, I feel that they need to master in school, gives them some tips. I talk to them about what colleges they should look in. If they're struggling, this is what you should do. Don't get to your junior or senior year and you just, you know, you're really, really falling far behind because I explained to you, you don't want to be accumulating all this debt and then you can't finish or you get the degree, but you can't get the license because you can't master the content. And no, I'm not ignoring the fact that there's there's test anxieties. There's other things that could cause somebody of color not to pass the test. And yes, I agree that there are questions that are worried in a way that could be seen as culturally biased. And so I, I'm not negating any of those other issues. But at the same time, what can I do? What can we do to support those people who are of color, who want to be in the schools, who are struggling academically, or they've gotten, they've somehow passed the test and now they're in our schools. How can we do it? The first thing I would say is not let, let them get into our schools if they're not ready, kind of prepare them on the front end. But if they happen to get in our schools, we really need to not just ignore, that's what I see a lot, ignore the fact that they are not teaching well because they manage well. And we need to put some supports in place because think about how much better and how much more phenomenal that black educator could be 
if they had the skill set to go alongside with their ability to create relationships, not only with the black kids, but with all kids. Because I assert the other reason we do need educators of color is not just for the black kids. And I, I'm a librarian now, and one of the things I talk about is I'm not advocating for diverse literature, and that's more than just race, um, that's gender, there's, there's so many other categories that, that makes up diversity. I'm not just advocating for those individual groups. I'm also advocating for if you're not part of that race, you're not part of that culture, you're not part of that gender, so you can see that group in a different light. And that's what's so important about making sure that black educators are prepared appropriately so when they're in front of the class, because think about it, if you're a white kid sitting in the class in front of a black teacher that can't teach, what perception are you now getting about black people? You're getting a negative perception. And we already got enough negativity about us in the media. We don't need you going through school, and maybe that's the only black teacher you have. So the only black teacher you have as a white student is a teacher that couldn't teach? Right there, we, we are just putting another negative stereotype out there. And that's something I, I, I just think we need to take more seriously. And so I've sat on uh, uh, quite a few interview committees, and... As much as you would want to say yes because someone looks like you and you, you want to kind of put up the fist, the black fist, like, yeah, brother, yeah, sister. I'm just like, I got to look at the qualification. Will this person be a good fit for my school? You know, can they help get the results and create the relationships? And so right now, if you're listening to this, if you're in a position of power, if you are an administrator and you know, because a lot of times it's not that you don't know, you just don't want to address it. And that's a whole other problem in school. We don't want to address the elephant. If you have people of color in your school that are struggling with teaching, don't just let them stay at your school because they have good relationships. Think about what supports you can put in place to help them move forward. Because there's an article out there that talks about the invisible tax uh, on educated color because they're always seen as disciplinarians. But we don't talk about the tax of you are good at that, but you're not good at teaching. And that's another tax on some educators of color because you, you have to know it. I mean, I would think, I mean, when I first started teaching, one of the things I struggled with teaching was teaching grammar. I know how to make a grammatically correct sentence, but I had difficulty getting that knowledge out of my brain into the brains of my students. I knew that. It wasn't a secret, and it frustrated the hell out of me. So I sought out people that I perceived was very good at getting the grammar knowledge in their brain into the student's brain. And that's the people I said, hey, how are you teaching this concept? Because I taught it, I taught it again, and I taught it again, and the student's still not getting it. And I always say, just because you taught it doesn't mean the student's learning. And I'm sitting right there in my classroom knowing that my students didn't learn it. So I, I, I sought out some help. And I'm not saying that educators of color who may not be uh, teaching well aren't doing what I, I just did. But if, if you're a principal, if you're an administrator, if you're, you're a coach, a district leader, and you know this, think about what supports can we put in place. And I also challenge universities, if anybody from universities listening, what supports can we put in place if a student gets out of high school, makes it into our, our universities, and wants to be an educator but are struggling, what supports can we put in place to A, help them get through the program so they don't quit, and B, help them fill in the gaps they missed from high school. Because the biggest blow to a person in college, because I've talked to people, 
You get out of high school and you think you know what you thought you know and you get to college and you find out all the stuff you didn't know and that your school didn't teach you. And you meet other people who went to other high schools and you realize my school failed me and you had no clue until you got to college. And now you're sitting here like, damn, how the hell am I going to get to the end of this finish line? How am I going to graduate? How am I going to accomplish my goal to become a teacher because I want to be the change in the system? And so if we want to improve our schools, we have to do more than just hire people based on what they look like. We also have to go back and solve some of these problems in our system. So this won't even be a choice that we're making where we're choosing between hiring somebody because of how they look or hiring someone because they're talented. Because if we fix the system, then we'll be able to hire someone who is black and talented. And that's what I have for you today. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Educator Barn. You can hit me up at my website, educatorbarns.com. If you write about the podcast online, hashtag it, Brazen Education. Until next time.